This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy! It is the Chicagoverse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black, welcome to Chicago. Dynasty Podcasts, live from the new Dynasty Podcast home studio, still in Pilsen, but brand new space. Very excited to be here. And we are kicking off... Our new space, we're breaking it in tonight uh, in a little bit with Joe Fred, but first we have Appleby here. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. I can't complain. I live in the city. I'm out of the burbs. I don't have to drive far for anything, so no complaints here. Dude, well, thank you for coming up tonight. We have have two first-timers. You're one of the two first-timers on the podcast here this evening, and I've been seeing your name for a while, so I'm really glad we got you on. Word. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, PJ Gordon Yeah, yeah, you. yeah. He sent me the text. We were hanging out the other day, on, I think on like Wednesday, and he was like, afterwards, he was like, yo, can you come through? And I like, obviously, I've heard about Dynasty Podcasts and been paying attention, but I like live in my little bubble. Yeah. So it usually takes somebody else like being like, yo, do this. And I'm like, okay. Well, no, and it's, you know, on my end, it's like I've been doing this a long time, but I always have a mental checklist. You know, I'll see names and I'll see what people are doing and then I'll be like, oh, we haven't had that individual on. True. We haven't had this group on. So True. it's like your name was definitely in that mental shortlist of Fire. like at some point we need to get him on. So tonight is some night. No, no, I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely, man. So, um, you know, we always kind of start these interviews, especially when we have someone on for the first time, which is sort of like how you got your start, where you got started, like bring us into how music first came into your life. Absolutely. I mean, so music has always been a supplementary tool of living. Um, it was never like an actual focus. I grew up playing tennis. So for me, I started when I was five, started traveling the state when I was eight, country by 10 and then world by 12. And like that whole process is just like five to six days a week is tennis. You know what I'm saying? So like music is supplementary for like working out and whatever on and off court. But as you walk on, you need your hype music. As you walk off, you need like the sad music if you lost and, you know, (laughs) good music if, you know, if you want or whatever. But um, in terms of me transitioning into becoming my own artist, I kind of burnt out music or tennis wise around 17, 18. And then there's like a gap in my life of like trying to figure out who you are when you have this soul thing that you do. Sure. That becomes your identity, not just based off of you, but also how other people identify your whole family, your whole friend circle. Everybody knows you as the said thing. So um, one of the repercussions of stop playing is losing that identity. Right. And so you try and figure out where you fit and what you want to do and your life plans and whatnot. And there was like a three year, four year gap of me not really figuring it out. Then one day I uh, listened to Spooky Black at the time, or Corbin, mm-hmm. um, now, and I had watched his music video, Without You, and like I had listened to his music previously. It was my first time seeing him, and I was just like, oh, this is crazy. Like, it just <laughs> is like, it's just like this young white kid with this do-rag on, and he's singing like in the basement or whatever, and it was like, his voice didn't match what he looked like, and that kind of regardless of whatever his intentions were, it's like that kind of juxtaposition made me like really curious about participating within music. So then I like went through all of his products, uh, producers, like track lists or whatever. You find everybody that you like, and then you test it out, made some stuff in my bedroom, went to classic studios. And yep. then that, like once I was there for the first time and everybody was so welcoming and whatnot, it was like, oh, music. This is it. And so here I am. That's wild. So 
It's interesting. Uh, like I said, I've done this a long time, and I, I have asked that question to a lot of artists uh, in this same kind of thing. And there seem to be two... I mean, there's many answers, but there mm-hmm. are two themes that I see recurring. Either there's some variation on, like, music was always in my life. You know, my yeah. parents... I was singing in the church. My parents brought me my first guitar or synthesizer at age three or whatever. Yeah. Or there is that, like... I was playing basketball until like 22 yeah, and yeah. then one day. Yeah, yeah. Or like somebody who just like, it was a completely different life before Yeah, that. no, I mean, music is like an integral part of my life. It always has been. It's just not the center point nor your focus. Right. So it's not as if like you think that there's a career within it. But then once I recognized that I liked, it helped me like work out my own individual problems when trying to figure out this identity situation. It was like music became a way to be my own therapist more so than just writing things down. You could like hear where you're at. Right. And so then I became obsessed with that sort of expression. And then I wanted to take it out of my bedroom, which is why I went to the studio and then you keep going because you're just addicted to this feeling of expression. Right. And, um, you know, along the way, it's just being able to address the things that you want to say, but you don't always want to talk about with people. Right. So now when you're starting out, when you're coming out of this world where like previously you had tennis and then you have this window for, you know, a couple of years, I think, like where you're not sure. And then you start to move into music. Was there a lot of uncertainty at first or was it just like, nope, this is definitely the thing? Um, I think I don't know if there was any uncertainty because um, through that whole time period of me being faceless. Mm-hmm. I also didn't tell friends or family. So, like, this was my own thing. So, it's like when it's your personal thing, there's a lot less pressure. Sure. Then when you come out the gate and you, like, let your friends and family know, then you it's kind of like until you prove it to them, you're right. not, they don't really, like, respect it yet. It's kind of like when they can, when you can bring something to the table that even them being on the outside, they can understand it. Like, it's like, I'm in this magazine. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, cool. You make me... But until that point, sometimes there's like that invalidation of you're just doing this for fun. This isn't real. Right. And, and people don't know how to frame it. Like, it's like that person who wants attention, who on, goes on Facebook and says, I'm leaving Facebook. And then yeah, like yeah. a week later, you're like, I thought you were leaving Facebook, man. Like, yeah. those people don't leave Facebook. Yeah, yeah. People who actually leave Facebook don't say anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so your version obviously is much more. Important. Yeah. I mean, like for me, it's just like it was a personal thing. I wanted to, one, do it on my own. Um, and I didn't have anything to prove to anyone, but also, um, again, that struggle with identity and like having people remind you who mm-hmm. you could have been based off of what they know was like, all right, cool. Music is my thing. And whether I succeed in it or I don't, or I take this beyond my bedroom, I don't, I don't have to talk about it nor apologize for whatever I'm saying, whatever I'm thinking, da, 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 da. So, um, was there some of that pushback though, when people found out about the music thing, no, from friends man, or family? No, or like, um, the, the funniest thing is like, once it was out, then I like really started trying to connect dots, like out the gate. It was like, how can I get more than 10 plays how can I get uh, uh, no 100 plays and it's like a thousand plays and so forth and like you know landing on your favorite websites opening doors to like the artists that you like or whatever and so like studying it closely you start to figure out how to connect little dots Mm -hmm. and you stay focused on those little dots while you still have your overall plan and then you hope that by being mindful of those said things it's just 
here. Just getting to yeah, that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, in terms of pushback from my friends or family, I didn't, again, I didn't say anything to anyone. And then one day my mom asked, and uh, she was just, like, she was ready to be the, the backboard for everything. She was like, can you want to play me anything? I can, like, listen. I can tell you if, awesome. I, if I like it or whatever. So, like, my mom is my everything. So when she supported it, was, like, the rest was, like, I don't care if anybody else supports. So, sure. Um, then friends found out kind of semi-recently and staying with my entire family. So everybody's supportive and on board. I mean, that, that's great to hear. Yeah. Now, was the, was the slow rollout part of uh, the reason for you kind of, like, keeping your face concealed up until recently or, you know, bring us into like the decision to be a little bit more public facing and, and kind of put yourself out there more. Absolutely. I mean, in, in terms of the, the faceless thing, um, when I was first trying to figure out myself musically, um, I didn't want to put a face on it because it's hard for people to accept you changing when they have an idea of what you look like. Um, and so visually, um, where I, musically where I'm at now is completely different than where I was at when I first started. Uh, which would have, would have those things that I first put out were the first things that I ever made. Right. So like, it's hard sometimes for people to take that journey with you musically if they see this image or whatever you're giving out, and then if you try and change, there's like a lot of backlash. So um, that part was great, and then also I just didn't care about like my face being on everything. Right. It, it was more like I make the music because it's for me. Sharing it is for you. You don't need to know what I look like to digest music. You just wanted to let it speak for itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, my face doesn't matter. Like, in, in all honesty, it's, I'm giving you a voice. Right. So, like, in the voice of facial appearance or style or all that doesn't matter. Now, so what, I guess, prompted you to reverse your position on that and start to show yourself a little bit more? I knew it was coming. It's right. like a matter of time. And, and I, I never wanted there to be a disconnect when it comes to live performing. So as soon as I recognized that I wanted, I found, first I found the sound, right? right? So like I found exactly where I wanted to grow. And then once I found that, then there's a comfort level of saying, this is what I want to bring um, sonically and, and putting your face in front of it. And then two, it's like, live performing, I don't want there to be a wall or disconnect. So putting a face to it then is like, great. And so I had, I've done that first and second show and it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. I know exactly where I'm at. Well, you weren't going to do something weird like gorillas and like hide behind like a curtain. No, where like no. People can't see you, no, right? No, I mean, I mean th- those were definitely things that get passed out that people, you know, suggest, oh, how are you going to perform? Maybe you're going to do it with a mask. And it's like, I respect. <laughs> and then it my- sounds like it's all like Kenny from South Park. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, models. you know what I'm saying? And it's like, I respect the MF Dooms and the people that have like a stylistic brand that's cool. But there's a disconnect when you show up to see somebody that's wearing a mask. And sometimes it is him. Sometimes it's not him. And that's all a part of right. the brand but I just don't like the disconnect it's like when you come to a show it's like come to see me come to meet me come to like witness the personality and everything that your favorite artist is or this person is so well yeah and you're right like there is that more direct and authentic connection there. yeah yeah absolutely now you know bringing up the live thing uh, I was looking on your Twitter and it looks like you Perform live for the first time in November. Is that yeah. is that the case? Yeah, Just that recently? yeah, yeah. So like quietly, um, I did like a super intimate thing by uh, connected with this group called uh, We Are Lions, mm-hmm. and they partner with a company called Project Onward, which essentially works with adults with disabilities of all kinds, mm-hmm. but they do so through art. So, you know, some of them are fashion designers, some of them are painters, some of them um, do all kinds of different variations of art. 
and then they package it in different ways. So they might put it on tote bags. They might, you know, sell it as a painting. They might put it on jackets or whatever, right. pillows. And they sell those things. And so we partnered with them um, in, like, this really big experience, less of just, like, a show. So um, at the Emporium pop-up in Logan mm-hmm. um, was where the Stranger Things, I don't know if you ever went to yeah. the Stranger Things pop-up. I, I never made it out to it, but I, I saw that that was a whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the Stranger Things thing was, was there, which was created by this awesome dude named AJ. Um, and then he did the Haunted House Mm -hmm. At Emporium And so with the haunted house They allowed me to Take this space So we carved out the inside So it's not haunted on the inside However it still has that same aesthetic on the out Except we boarded up the windows Built the door And it had like this super wild cave Connected to the house And so you entered through the cave When you come into this house So it's like this full experience Yeah. So we built this full experience That's like a three-step process or a three-stage experience. So you have the first experience, which is you walk into this room, lights are dim, there's ambient music playing, so no vocals for about 45 minutes, and right. you have a, a menu created, curated based off the songs. Um, and then 40 flower shops donated. I'm super obsessed with flowers. Oh, my gosh. So That's insane. Yeah. So, so you have this dark experience where people come in, you, you don't even know there's a performance coming because I never talked about it at all. And so you come in, you're drinking, you're talking, you're connecting with whatever. You're like, why am I here? What's happening? Da, 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 da. Um, and then all of a sudden, it's cued by Elias, my producer, mm-hmm. playing oh, yeah. on the piano yeah. in the, inside this you know, closeted house that, that looks you know, abandoned. And so you come in through the cave, right? So you come in through the cave, and once you exit the cave, you're actually inside the house. So inside this house is actually like this white, packed out um, with roses. So like there's roses and all kinds of flowers coming out of the walls. And it's like oh my God. a whole stage area just like built out of like flowers. Because again, like 40 flower shops donated. And so then there's that. And then every one of the walls has these paintings that were done by the artists that we connected with and they just listened to the music, picked their favorite song and painted something. So we had the whole house lined with art and the smells of like wild flowers. That and is, then, okay. That is wild. Yeah. So for your first show, like how did you top that for your second? Was your second show just like, this, come to this little venue, we're just going to like play a five song set. Like, <laughs> like how do you, where do you go from there? The second show is that same night. We had okay. so many people show up that the third experience is like once you have this, you know, this dim experience, you walk into this house that's like this beautiful like place of happiness. And then you exit, and when you exit, the the there's trunks of all of these extra flowers, there's new paintings up, the house is now lit up on the outside with Christmas lights. And so it's a third stage experience of just being like dim environment, beautiful, walk back out into this dim environment is changed because of us putting out the new things, but also the new music that you just heard, and then just the different colors and things like that. And so we had so many people come to that that just I got a text from Eric Montanez, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Uh, yeah, you're doing another show in ten minutes." <laughs> and I was like, "Uh, okay." So, so all right. So I mean, that's incredible. That's obviously just like uh, a staggering yeah. amount of production and forethought and and incredible elements that go into that. Do you see yourself only performing live sparingly to keep it 
always being an experience, or do you think it's something you're going to roll out? No, I think, I think this one was like a very great way to start. You're not going to necessarily get this kind of production value this early on because it takes an incredible budget to be able to even think about trying I, to do something. I was going like to say, like, yeah, and and so like in my mind, mentally, I know that I'm not going to be able to recreate that every single time. However, you can take aspects of what that is and then bring that to every show until you can get to a point where you can build out and do great things. I'd love for every show to be an experience. It doesn't have to be that grand. But learning how to do so till you financially can execute that. So yeah. um, that, that was just the best way for me to enter as a performer. And now it's like not that the music is right and things like that. Then it's time for shows. Yeah. So. Well, and you mentioned um, Elias, right? Elias. 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 Yeah. You mentioned Elias Abid. Abid? Abid. Abid. People fuck up my name all the it's time, all so I'm always empathetic when I do it to other people. I never want to. Um, and I interviewed him at South by Southwest uh, 2016. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, and he was still a Columbia College student back yeah. then. We were talking about kind of his rising profile while being a student. So talk yeah, yeah. about connecting with Elias and, and how that happened. Um, so that happened through Classic Studios. Um, as I said, I was working, at that time we were working, we are both working out of there, but he was Stefan Ponce's uh, mm-hmm. production assistant. Right. And much like in this community of music, like everybody says, like, you know, let's build, let's work, let's connect, da 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 and there's various levels of people doing so, and then sometimes you don't, and Elias was one of the people that we got together. We got together, um, we set up a session one night, and Iris Temple was in there, which were his friends from uh, Kansas, mm-hmm. Then they all lived together. And so we all met and, and just vibed out and made great music. And as individuals, you like each other enough to like want to hang out outside of creating. Right. And so we hung out just as much outside creating as you do creating the music itself. So you build like a real genuine relationship. And so we liked each other's stuff. You make a great relationship. Then all of a sudden you're spending so much time creating together. It's like... Why don't we just do this? And sure. so it was never like a thing of us actually having to talk about it and rather us just being like, we're doing this. Yeah. And why not? Because you're already there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's just been on this ride with me and, and helping me find my voice. And he's been amazing at that. Now, did you work with him? You have a new song that you recently dropped. It's called Pages. Is he involved with that one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, 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 he produces um, everything that I do. So that's, that's uh, the go-to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's the go-to guy um, for, for all of my stuff, and he's just amazing. And so um, Pages is one of the songs off of what you'll hear next as, as a full body of work. So Well, and that's going to be one of my questions is if – because Pages is really gorgeous. It's, it's got Thank you. this kind of like lush feel to it. But Thank you. I was going to ask if that is part of – something larger coming and if yeah. you can say anything about yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, more than anything this year, I, like, it took me a while to figure out sonically where I wanted to be. And now that I've figured that out, like this year is just about content and taking that next step up. So, you know, visuals, singles, projects of all kinds, um, hopefully featuring on some cool songs and um, just content heavy and great sure. content more than anything. So, Well, and it looked like, at least from what I was able to gather, it looked like you kind of took a break from releasing 
material for a while. Yeah. Was that the case? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's that path of like self-discovery. You realize mm-hmm. you're making a lot of stuff that's cool, but are you in love with it as much as the next person is that says, yo, I like your new song? Like it's a weird thing when somebody says that and it's just, it was a therapeutic like experience or expression and less of you going back and being like, I bumped this. Right. You know? And so I never wanted to land in a point where my music was bigger than my decision making around the sound. So it's kind of like understanding that whatever you blow up on, it kind of becomes the identifier. And what I wanted to be careful of was doing so on a song or a sound that I wasn't excited to grow up. Sure. Yeah. And and having somebody hear something that doesn't represent where you want to go and who right. you really think your music right. is. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So that, that, that is where that like year and time frame, just figuring it out and sonically, um, I did so. And now that I've done so, it's kind of like a breath of fresh air because I feel relaxed sure. while still trying to figure out what's next and, and creating what's next. Well, and it's nice that you were able to give yourself this window where you could just like step back, take the time you need, and mm-hmm. then when you feel like it's the right time, step out versus being like, oh man, I better put something out right now because, yeah. you know, people are going to... I, mean, I think we're... It's like, okay, I think it's incredible we have all these digital tools, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's yeah. great that we can make video and podcasts and, and everything. Absolutely. But I think what happens is that there's this kind of arms race to feel like if you don't put something out once an hour, oh, yeah. people forget about you yeah. and not enough people take a step back, take the time that they could to really create something that they're in love with. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. stuff out. Yeah, I mean, every artist is different, and it's so funny because, like, kind of that conversation him and I were having when we were um, at Private Stock is kind of like when you develop your brand, like, there are certain artists that, like, have their foot on on their fans' uh, throats in the sense of saying, like, I'm going to give you a bunch of content. Right. It doesn't matter the quality of it, it's quantity. Um, and uh, certain artists, once you develop that, that then becomes the expectation from your fan base. And so, like, for me, um, that's not the way I go. Like, I'd prefer to create 100 songs and only put out two because 98 don't need to be heard, you know. Yeah. Just it is what it is. And so that's, for me, like, that's where I'm at. Well, and again, you got that quality control then. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, not every song is going to do as great. Not every song is going to be important to everyone, but it's kind of just knowing that you make those decisions as the artist, that you have full control of saying no. And I I think that's that's a great perspective. And again, I think that not even just in music, I think just in general, it's like I think a lot of us forget about it. It's just easy to feel like, oh, shit, I haven't put out anything since four minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to do something. Yeah. Um, now, okay, so to go back to Pages for a second, uh, something else I wanted to ask you about that. That song was recently played in the closing credits of Gronish on um, ABC. Yeah, so right? it's like it's like within the episode itself, there's like a scene where she's sitting in the car after like arguing, whatever, and it's like just a nice little transitional piece before like the next scene itself. So it was kind of cool to like hear your own voice or your art being represented in someone else's art yeah and, absolutely and, and so like it's like me as being like a tv and film junkie it was kind of like oh snap look there's me was it your first placement yeah that was my first placement um and like we have some cool things like we just found out uh there's a documentary series called america to me 
mm-hmm. that uh, was just in Sundance, and uh, I have two songs in that, and it just got picked up by Stars. Oh man, that's for crazy. like five million. The the documentary series got picked up, and so this fall, um, I know I have two songs on Stars, and it's full usage, and that'll be super exciting, and some other cool placements that'll be coming soon. But it's just kind of like nice to be like. Making stuff that I made in my little bubble right. that's starting to find its home in different um, other platforms and whatnot. No, that's really exciting. And you know, if you want to share the story, like how did you kind of like land some of these placements? Right. Can you share um, like how you were able to negotiate or maneuver that? So for me, that I'm I'm, I'm hands off in that area. Okay. Um, that that comes down to uh, having worked with Hate Brand. Sure, and, um, and hate. I mean, they're and and hate their masters. Yeah, 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 and hate. I, it was not, nothing that I ever expected to happen so soon. You you get people that listen to your stuff, and they might be like, "Oh, this sounds like you know, it's it's syncable or whatever." You right. kind of are like, "Oh, okay, cool," and then you start to find out, you know, that it is, and and things are happening for it, and it's kind of just through them putting it in front of the right people, yeah. and uh, the song being the right song. And yeah. that pages just happened to be the right song for Gronish, and here we are with you know a Gronish placement. So and that's amazing. I mean that's that's a significant place to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean it'd be great to be an artist where you have the fans like what you do, and you can perform it, execute it, and things like that. But then know that there's this other side of being able to put your art somewhere else that can like help you find a bigger audience, yeah. reach a bigger audience, and then hopefully in time become somebody that catalog naturally finds its way over there. And then also by naturally finding its way over there, people start coming back to you specifically for said things over here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely, yeah. If you're somebody who like, you can produce content that works for these kind of mediums and, mm-hmm. and platforms, and you're easy to work with as an artist and you have a good team, then yeah, like producers and people like that are going to want to go back to you because it's like you're already plugged in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, they want their jobs to be easy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's something that's like super huge and obviously like paying attention to the people like a Pharrell who's, you know, obviously like a despicable me. Like one would love to write a fantastic song <laughs> on that and, and yeah. it still work within your own personal catalog because that's what I stress like the most is like do I want to perform this you know, a thousand times, you know, a million times, because anytime you make a song, the idea is like, okay, I'll probably have to perform this. And if it becomes a hit single, this is your bread and butter, you know? You, you know, I, I, 100%, like, you saw so I'm in my mid 30s, and some of these bands I've been going to see, I've been seeing them since the mid 90s, you know? Yeah. And when I go see like a Smashing Pumpkins or yeah. something, there's three or four songs that, for the last 20 years, they're just playing those three or four songs because yeah. they just, they have that's, to. That, yeah. They have that's to. what people are yeah, there for. People right? are showing up. It's not necessarily for you anymore. No, you know? no. So it becomes like, something that belongs to the Right. To the and that's something that you like end up having to either remind yourself of or somebody has to remind you when it gets to a point that you're annoyed by playing it, <laughs> you know, 20 years later. It's kind of like word for this person. This is this is their moment to hear it. And the alternative is like, would you rather that nobody connected with anything you did, right? And it didn't mean anything to right. anyone, yeah, one hundred percent. So this is incredible. Like, I'm really stoked we've gotten to talk, and I, I feel like we could just go on because there's so much great stuff here. Um, but a like, well, let's start with this. What else is coming up on deck for you this year? I know you teased some new music. What can you say about your plans for 2018? Plans for 2018. It's simply uh, content. Yeah. Content of all kinds is what I can promise you. 
Um, beyond that, like I said, I'm a bubble person. I mm-hmm. like to stay quiet. I like to announce things and talk about things when the time is right. Beyond that, the one thing I can tell you is that content will be coming. All right, man. So you had your hibernation. You had your taking a step back. And now there's more stuff coming. And you're like officially like open for business. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. This is definitely like a year where, you know, a month from now you're going to hear something new. And you're going to see some cool things. And, you know, in the next month and the next month. And it's just about putting out music and sharing it and getting out in front and letting people know, hey, I'm Applebee. I make this kind of music if you if you ride with me great you don't like understand cool but you're here and you're putting yourself out yeah yeah at this point yep it's time to go i love it man um something i always say on these interviews and i always mean it is that like this is an open mic for for the people that we have on you know this is a chicago focused music podcast so as you have new things happening as new projects are about to hit or there's new developments to talk about like this mic is waiting. So, like, please, you got my email. Yeah. Let me know when new things are happening, and we'll talk more about them, you know, as you have the next wave of content and projects dropping. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. No, man, I feel honored to be a part of the Chicago scene as, like, an adoptive child because I'm from Miami. But, like, Chicago is, like, where I found myself as an artist. Yeah. And um, Chicago is, like, who showed me love. Chicago, like, helps you figure out who you are when you start making music. And there's so much love. So even though it's not a hub city, it's probably one of the best places to be making music. It's a community city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's more than anything. It's, it's about a community here where everybody knows each other and everybody wants to collaborate. And, and yeah, not to be like, let's build fam, but it's, like, Everybody's looking, everyone's looking to work. Yes. That's the bottom line. Everyone yeah. wants to work. And if they find somebody else who also wants to work, they're like, great. Yeah. Let's go together. Yeah. 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 Uh, I love it, man. Applebee doing cool things. The new song is called Pages. More new music on the way, man. I'm glad we got to start this conversation. Thank you for coming thank up here you. tonight, man. Thank you. I appreciate this is awesome. it. Now. Thank you so much. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. You have a good one. You too. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.